Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Modology. I'm Ophelia. I'm Christy. I'm Sharon. I'm Bernice. I'm together with Modology. Today we're going to be talking about skin cancer. In this episode, we'll be covering topics such as the process of cancer, the causes, types, treatments, and prevention for skin cancer. I'm sure you guys have noticed that we have two new members on our podcast today. So I would just like to express my warm welcoming to our two new members. Do you guys want to introduce yourself first? Hi, I'm Christy. I used to have really serious eczema, and that's what really got me into medicine. And that's why I chose this topic. Hi, I'm Sharon. Uh, So I find um, cancer a very interesting topic because it's been one of the most unsolved topics in you know, among doctors. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, yeah, so that's why I chose to take part in this podcast. Yeah, and I'm sure one of us, Ophelia, might have a treatment for cancer because she got voted for the most likely to cure cancer last year in our school. <laughs> so hopefully she does something about it after her medical school journey. Ophelia. Thank you. I hope to see you one day treating cancer. <laughs> I hope so too. Okay, anyways, I think we should start talking about what cancer is. Do you want to tell us more about it? Yeah, sure. So cancer is essentially um, the uncontrolled proliferation of cells. So it's caused by mutation in different types of cells, such as uh, proto-oncogenes and tumor suppressor genes. So basically, it's like the cell dividing uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are more interested in the science stuff, proto-onco- a mutation in proto-oncogenes basically means that um, the cell can like, you know, go through a lot of cell divisions without like, you know, having some kind of stop or control to it. And a mutation in tumor suppressor genes means that um, it's basically the same thing, but like these kinds of mutations accumulate in someone else's genome, and these will all contribute to a significant increase in someone's risk for developing cancers. That's a lot of details. I think I'll have to listen to this before my interviews. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's essentially what cancer is in general, right? Mm-hmm. But then today we're talking about skin cancer in specific. So what are some facts specific to skin cancer? Okay, so there is this really interesting fact that I found online, and it's how like having five or more sunburns doubles your chance for melanoma. Wait, and yes, five or more times five. <laughs> yes, yes, five. I definitely have had sunburns for more than five times. Okay. Do you put on sunscreen or? I mean, you I just kinda, go out. I kind of do, but then when I swim, it oh. comes off, right? No, but you get waterproof sunscreen. It feels like it, it's all off and I, I'm just burnt mm-hmm. by the end of the day. Um, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> continue. Um, and melanoma is basically like one of the three types of ca- uh, skin cancers that we have. Melanoma is basically one of the most aggressive types of cancer because it's known for its ability to metastasize really quickly. And for those of you who don't know what metastasis means, it's basically ha- um, the technical word for cancers spreading across the body, around the body. Oh, so from, from the onset point of... The yeah, the primary, primary site cell. to secondary sites ah, okay. in the body. Oh, wait, and I've also heard that over the last decade, people who got um, diagnosed with melanoma has increased by almost half, uh, almost double the original amount. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have like any ideas why this is the cause? Well, 
I guess it could be partially attributed to climate change, maybe. Because as, as you guys know, um, the ozone layer mm -hmm. that basically protects the Earth is getting depleted. And the ozone layer is basically responsible for keeping the UV radiation out. And UV radiation is one of the biggest right. risk factors for developing skin cancer because um, UV radiation can cause mutations in your genomes, which is you know, how cancers develop. Yeah, I think you just covered it during chemistry. Yeah, so like yeah. adding on to that, I think that so there are two basic types of uh, UV rays that reach the Earth's surface. So basically, there's UVB mm. and UVA. So like for UVB rays, they're responsible for producing sunburn, and for U oh. UV, yeah, they also play the greatest role in causing skin cancers. So like, yeah. So it's, <laughs> not it's UVA, right? UVB. Oh wait, what is UVA for then? UVA also plays a role in skin cancer formation, so basically they penetrate more deeply into the skin and play a greater role in premature skin aging and stuff. Uh, so actually I don't study biology, so I don't have that much biological knowledge. Can someone tell me how a cancer is formed? So basically I think it starts off by cells mutating uncontrollably due to the mutation you talked about just now, and then the cancer cell moves towards the blood vessel because you know, cancers are still cells, right? I mean, cancerous, cancerous cells are still cells. They require the supply of oxygen and nutrients for them to develop more uh, vigorously. So they kind of move towards the blood vessels. Yeah, I, I have one thing to add to that. Um, so for cancer cells, they do this really um, interesting thing, which is called angiogenesis. And this is where they basically make or form new blood vessels from existing uh, blood vessels. Oh. <laughs> to feed themselves oxygen and nutrients that are needed to sustain their proliferation. Uh, so basically, they form their own network mm -hmm. of blood vessels. And then I think if it get, gets worse, it then spreads to the different sites. Mm -hmm. through, is it through the bloodstream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it through, through the, the systemic circulation? Or the is it through the lymph lymphatic one? Because I think mm. some of the cancers are like lymphatically related. Yeah, yeah. So they can spread both ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And then they survive through the systemic circulation you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. and that's it, right? Yeah, and then like basically they have to get out of the blood vessels, right? And they basically go to like the secondary site. They can either stay dormant where they don't, you know, develop into either benign or malignant tumors, or they can develop okay. instantly after they like land. They land on. Them. Yeah, they land, land out of the like, blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like after they exit the bloodstream and arrive at a new location. How do they even exit the bloodstream? I think they either do that passively or actively. So by passively, they basically like get out through like holes and stuff. But by actively, um, actively they could like I don't know form holes or like forcibly squish themselves out of the blood vessel. If that makes sense. So through the wow. capillaries. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. You know when you talked about active, I, I was thinking of something pumping them out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Okay. Mm. And there's also this really interesting thing about cancers. There's this thing called the seed and soil hypothesis, where um, cancer cells from a particular part of the body would more likely metastasize in a certain part of the body. So for example, for lung cancers, you'll most likely find metastases in the brain. Oh, yeah. Whereas for, I think, prostate cancer or something, you rarely find um, metastases in pancreas and stuff. Because like, for cancers in particular parts of the body, they're more acclimatized, I guess, to like certain environments uh. that they grow well in. Yeah, so I think that's really interesting as well. Oh, so it's how 
the cancer cells are like adapted to that particular pH or maybe yeah essentially the environment that they will live in oh, wow. survive in adaptation mm. again yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay just now Bernice was talking about how skin cancer more people are suffering from skin cancer and Ophelia talked about like climate change and stuff so like there's another thing that contributes to can- skin cancers and it's makeup so basically People people are wearing makeup more often and like people are using beauty standards and stuff. Because like makeup products contain carcinogens and crying disruptors, irritants and allergens and it basically contributes to skin cancer. There's this documentary feature film called Toxic Beauty. It's basically a three year investigation of the virtually unregulated chemicals and personal care products. And so so like if you're interested you can go check it out. Yeah, it talks about how contributes to skin cancer. Wait, it's a virtual thing. What do you mean by vir- virtual? So like they're like unregulated, like the chemicals are like they're unchecked. So like basically it's toxic, toxic beauty. Oh wait, so the do- documentary is about how? It's an if investigation into like these kind of like makeup products and how they contribute to skin oh. cancer. Oh. It's pretty cool, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. very cool. Well, I mean, that explains why it's suddenly increasing, increasing apart from the climate, like, apart from the geography <laughs> side of things. It's also about the cultural side of... Mm. Yeah, I guess so. So, going back to the main topic of today, there are actually three types of skin cancer. The most common type is called the basal cell carcinoma. The second most common one is called the squamous cell carcinoma. And the most aggressive one is called melanoma. Talking about melanoma, I think this type of cancer stuck in my mind a lot because I heard that it got different colors and I literally heard that it got like dark blue, brown and mm. gray, red, oh. a lot of different colors. So it <laughs> stuck in my mind. And I've also heard of this farmer from YouTube. Like I saw this video two weeks ago on YouTube mm-hmm. and I was talking about how this farmer got melanoma because of his overexposure to the sunlight because mm-hmm. so basically he farms every day, right? Yeah, yeah. And then so he got melanoma. And then what he did was because he was a very self-sufficient farmer and he did everything on his own. So he farmed his own food, ate them. So he didn't rely on anything else. So he thought that with cancer, he can rely on himself. So what he did was he took out like those um, scraping scissors or something and he just scraped the whole tumor oh, out. Oh my God. And apparently... He wasn't able to scrape everything out because it transferred to another site already. And oh, after oh boy. and after a few years, it reoccurred again. And he he fainted and he had to be sent to the hospital. However, it was too late for the treatment because I think it went to like the brain or something. Oh, like late stage. Yeah, late stage. Yeah, and then so he couldn't be treated. And I just find it very shocking how people actually dug out the whole tumor themselves and they have the courage mm-hmm. to do so so this melanoma type stuck is like stuck in my brain this is not really related to skin cancer but i know that in the past there was this like persian queen queen or something and she basically asked her slave or servant to like cut off her breast cancer tumor whoa oh. yeah so i guess it's not like so uncommon i guess well, I mean, it's really uncommon these days because like, you just go to the hospital to get treated. But I guess back in the past when people had limited no- knowledge on um, cancer and stuff, they took matters into their own hands. Yeah, I think like at the beginning, the treatment for cancer was like going through surgery and stuff, right? Mm. But like with the advancement of medicine, I feel like people don't rely on surgery that much because, I mean, it's invasive, right? Mm. So they tend to use the other types of treatments. 
Okay, so about the scraping thing, the preferred method of biopsy for melanoma is called standard local incision, which is kind of scraping. It's also known as excisional biopsy. For this type of biopsy, it's to examine the tumor that might have grown into deeper layers of the skin. The doctor first injects medicine to numb the area. Then a surgical knife, which is also called a scalpel, is used to cut through the full thickness of the skin. A wedge that includes the entire tumor is then removed and then the edge of the wound is then typically, typically stitched together. Yeah, it's called the scaffold. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just as I just said, it's still invasive. So mm -hmm. medicine nowadays, we prefer not to use invasive methods. So I think there are different types of treatment, including the radi radiotherapy, chemotherapy, and immunotherapy. And I think there are a few more. I mean, there's other procedures called like shave biopsy, punch biopsy, and stuff like that. But I'm not sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's like a lot of medical that, terms. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait. So, do you know anything about like the radiotherapy? Because like you guys used to do physics, right? Yeah. Mm, true. Okay. So radiotherapy is basically where um, doctors have this like machine that directs high beam gamma radiation to a, spe a specific point. So it's usually like um, where the tumor is growing. But there's also like really bad side effects to radiotherapy because the gamma radiation not only affects tumor cells, it can only it can also affect other cells that are you know normal. So that's really bad as well. I think the technology actually got better because in the summer I went to this mm -hmm. um, oncology clinic mm -hmm. where they had this um, and this separate department for radiotherapy, mm -hmm. and I was observing this lung cancer patient. So basically what happened was that the doctor was, the oncologist was basically working with the radiotherapist to mm. plan out which structure, which part of the lungs it, the radiation should go through. And I think the patient also got brain tumor or something. So it was basically wow. a really complicated situation. Uh -huh. And they had this very complex and detailed graph of the human structure. And then they were plotting the different areas and putting colors into the areas, which um, the radiation should go to and they, they were trying to avoid all the essential or organs. they were trying to avoid all those <laughs> organs such as the hypothalamus and they marked mm -hmm. it out so the radiation was trying to aim at the mm. at the um, tumor mm -hmm. but then trying to avoid everything I think it's pretty it's like easier for the radi radiotherapist to aim right nowadays well yeah I guess so because of technological advances but yeah. it's still like you know there are still side effects associated with I think there's something about the hormone control. I saw this patient. I mean, no, I didn't see this patient. I, I was talking about chemotherapy. Is it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think what you were referring to is called tarsit therapy. Yeah. Oh God, I don't know any of the terms. And I also know about this hormone therapy. I don't know the official name again. But then I was in this um, consultation with this patient with breast cancer, and I think she had like a breast cancer relapse. And then she she already had the surgery before, so I don't. And she also had radiotherapy before, so basically her breast there's an area which is already blackened due to the radiotherapy. And then so the doctor tried to avoid the repeated um, types of therapy, and she was suggesting to she was suggesting something like a hormone treatment to control mm. the division of cells or something. Mm. I've actually read a book on cancer, and I think I've heard of hormonal therapy used in ovarian cancer, breast cancer, and also in prostate cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah. that one's yeah. a really common one, too. Mm. I literally have that. Oh, God. 
in my in my family line like all the guys in my family so my dad's basically warning my brothers and be like you guys better check things out earlier because my prevention is really important prevention so speaking of prevention there are actually a few ways to reduce the risk of skin cancer Uh, for example you can wear hats when you're outdoors wear sunscreen with spf of 15 or higher wait what's spf SPF basically stands for skin protection factor and it basically tells you how protective the sunscreen is against UV radiation. Oh, so you're supposed to check on whether it's printed on the sunscreen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, you can also wear clothing covering skin and legs and then um, avoid the sun between 10 a.m. and 4 Mm -hmm. p.m., which are peak hours of sun strength, even in winter and on cloudy days. That's very sad how you have to avoid the sun from 10 to 4. Like, I think as teenagers, we're not going to be able to do that Mm -hmm. because, like, people like to go to the beach during the afternoon and then they just essentially wear nothing. (laughs) 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 So it's kind of hard. Apart from changing your daily habits, I suggest that you also get regularly checked up for skin cancer. There are two conditions that, you know, preempt skin cancer and they are actinic keratosis and melanocytic nevus. Actinic keratosis is basically this lesion and if you have like really flaky and also sandpaper-like patches on your skin then you should definitely go get checked up because you might you know develop skin cancer in the future and you know um, getting checked up and getting treatment as soon as possible is something that's really important because you know you'll have a better prognosis that way. And melanocytic nevus is basically you know moles on your skin and they can be in different colors like black, gray, and stuff. And I think Christy also mentioned that just now. Wait, about the acti- actinin? Ac- ac- actinic okay. keratosis. Wait, about the actinic keratosis. So it's mm-hmm. basically like suddenly seeing really dry and sandy patches on your hand. Mm. And that's like a preempt for. And that's a preempt for skin cancer, but it's not like some allergies or some type of other diseases. No, it's not. So it's neither a symptom of cancer, nor is it like any type of other illnesses. It's like basically a condition that basically signifies a person of a high risk for skin cancer. Yeah, so like speaking of nevus, I saw I saw online that there was this guy that had had a large nevus on his abdomen, which had been which had been checked for years at his routine skin checks. On his most recent check, the mole looked different than usual, and there were like scar-like depigmentation, irregular borders, and stuff like that. So due to a high level of clinical suspicion for melanoma, an excision biopsy was performed, and it was confirmed to be a level three melanoma. Wait, level three? Yeah. Well, it, that's kind of sad though. It was always, it has always been monitored, but then they didn't find yeah. out earlier. Mm. Wow. Good thing he did regular checks. So early treatments are really important. Mm. Mm. Definitely. <laughs> Talking about early treatment, I went to this urinologist and I saw this consultation with a male patient with prostate cancer. So basically, I think he was doing this MRI scan scan no basically he was doing this mri scan for i don't know what reason because he was like of age so he was probably just doing some regular body checkups Mm -hmm. and then through the mri scan i think they noticed like so basically through the scans the doctors noticed this shaded mass in the 
and somewhere near above the bladder. And so he went to this urine, urinologist. And then they had this full on discussion about the possibility of it being a cancer. And then after confirming a few more tests, the doctor confirmed the cancer. And then the patient directly was sent to treatment. And then I think the treatment wasn't that intense without radiotherapy because it was in a very early stage. So they basically just had to um, take some medications and it was fine. Mm. So yeah, I feel like it's quite important to have the knowledge and just, if anything happened, notice the symptoms and make sure you go find the doctor don't early. rape stuff out yourself. Yeah, don't yeah. try to do it yourselves. <laughs> okay, so for all the teenagers that are listening to our podcast right now, I think the biggest takeaway point from our podcast today is the fact that you guys definitely have to put on sunscreen when you guys go out to protect your skin and protect yourselves against kids against skin cancer. Yeah, hopefully this in this pod hopefully in today's podcast you guys learned about skin cancer and also the causes of skin cancer and different types of them and how they're treated and hopefully it's a bit of science and a bit of fun story. And thank you again Sharon and Christy for joining us today. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and see you guys next time.